0: We're going to start this morning on studying the Gospel of John. How many know where the Gospel of John is? It's in the New Testament, right? It is the book written by the Apostle John. He's also known as John the Revelator. I like that name. John the Revelator. He was the author of five books of the Bible and was likely the last surviving of the original disciples. John the Revelator. He wrote Revelation. Amen? How many know what book of the Bible in the New Testament is John? What number? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One one commentator said this. I like this. The first three Gospels focus more on what Jesus taught and did. John focuses on who Jesus is. The first three Gospels focus on what Jesus taught and did, but John focuses more on who Jesus is. And really, that's the question. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in your life? What is His role in your life? I mean, really, if we think about who Jesus is, in our lives. If you've been in church in any amount of time, most of us know what Jesus did, right? And we can talk about the facts of Jesus' life. We can talk about Christmas and Easter. We we, we can talk about The different things that happened, we, we, we know, we probably heard somewhere one time, you know, he healed people and, and set people free. And yeah, he was, wasn't, he was born of a virgin and, and he died on a cross. We, we know some of the facts of Jesus. But my question is this. Do we know Jesus? Do we know Jesus? To get to the heart of this, not just what he did, Not just where he was born, not just how he died, but who he is. One minister said that the Gospel of John, I love this, it is a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim. It is a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim. Another commentator said its stories are so simple that even a child would love them but its statements are so profound that no philosopher can fathom them. The Gospel of John. It's so simple that a child can understand it, but it's so profound that no philosopher can fathom it. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I'm sure. and I'm sure you'll hear me say it again, because I'm going to say it right now. There is a distinct and profound difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. Right? Yeah. There's a distinct difference. I can know about Steve. I can know about Steve Mann. Married, has children. Mostly boys. One girl. <laughs> I know facts about Steve's life. Steve, when's your birthday? 10 7 10 7 October 7, 1955. Look at that. I just learned another fact about Steve. Yeah? I know that Steve uh, has a band. It's called the Man Family Band. How many know how good it is, right? Peggy, you know how good it is? You want to dance right now? No? Okay. <laughs> I know facts about Steve's life, but until I start to get to know who Steve is, Not just the facts of his life, not just where he was born, not just what date he was born on, not just how many children he has, or that he's married, or that he has a band, but to really start to know who Steve is. There's something distinctly different about that. I know who my wife is. My wife knows who I am. It's not always pretty. Come on. Getting to know somebody means you're going to discover flaws, right? Getting to really know somebody means you're not just on the surface, you're starting to dig deep, and now you start to see some flaws. The great thing about Jesus is there is no flaws. Amen? Amen? Amen. He is a good, 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 good Son of God. Amen? My fear is this. My fear is that many of the people who, who profess Christianity do so because of what they know about Jesus instead of having truly taken the time to know Jesus. That's my, I have a fear about that. Those who knew him, those who knew Jesus were transformed by him. I mean, it changed their very character. They were transformed by, by him. And it wasn't based on relate, it wasn't based on traditions or religion. It was simply based on relationship. There's a lot of people who, who call themselves Christians because they, they come to a church on Sunday and they sit in a chair or a pew and then they know the stories and they've, they've heard these accounts. They can quote them to you. But do they know Jesus? See, because here's the thing. I don't want to just know about Him. I want to know Him. How many are in the same boat? I don't want to just know about Him. I want to know Him. The Gospel of John starts out with a statement of who Christ is. I love this. Go to the first slide. It says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the Word. John starts this book by making it clear who Jesus is. Jesus was in the beginning, he was with God, and he is God. Amen? Jesus was in the beginning. He's he was with God and he is God. Now, I could go into the Greek and the word that John uses here and what it means. And and we could get caught up in the academic. But I don't want to do that this morning. I want to get right to the heart of the message because John starts it off with this. Jesus was in the beginning. He was with God and he is God. I like what one pastor said. He said this, It took John more than three years to figure out the fullness of who Jesus was. But he does not want his readers to take more than three verses to find out what took him so long to know. He wants us to have in our minds fixed and clear from the beginning of the Gospel the eternal majesty and deity and creator rights of Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? He wants to have right fixed and clear, right from the beginning, the eternal majesty. You know, a lot of times we we have a a different picture of Jesus in our minds than we probably should. Because do we understand that Jesus is Creator? Jesus is majesty. He's deity. He has the Creator rights. In saying this, John starts his Gospel off with the incredible truth of who Christ is and points us towards the truth that we know as the Trinity. Just as part of it right now, but we will get into the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John makes it clear that Jesus was with God and that Jesus is God. Let me say that again. Jesus is God. You say, Pastor David, aren't you kind of preaching to the choir? So many times we say, well, well, there's you know God the Father up there, and God the Holy Spirit is around here somewhere. And then there's Jesus. And we sometimes portray Jesus as just a hip and loving guy that wants to spend time with you. Right? We try to, we try to bring Jesus down to our level. Just a guy that wants to spend time with you. Understand that He is Creator. He is Majesty. He is Glorious. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, these three are one. Jesus is God. Don't place Him below on the hierarchy. Jesus is God, not just a God, not just one of the gods. He's not a lesser God or lesser than God or an aspect of God. He is God. Amen. He is God. And then he goes on. I like this. Go to the next slide. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. I like the language used here, even though it can be a little confusing at times. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I like that. All things were made through Christ, and without Him, nothing was made. Without Him, listen to this, nothing was made. Without Christ, nothing was made. John shows us here that Christ pre-existed before what we know as creation. Christ pre-existed. Christ was present before in the beginning. Amen? Why? Because He has no beginning and He has no end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? He... He, he lives outside of the realm that we call time. I like what Paul says in Colossians 1.16. He says this. Go to the next slide. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. All things were created by Christ. There is an essential truth about this and it is a deep truth. Especially in the culture of church today that just remains on the surface, we're going to go a little deeper. Jesus Christ is God. He had a part, he is he created all that we see, visible and invisible. Many times uh there's Christians who will spend much of their focus Only on the New Testament. In fact, there are some people who call themselves Christians that believe the only guidance in their life should come from the New Testament words of Jesus. They're what's known as red-letter Christians. Red-letter Christians, they place uh, less importance on the Old Testament, for sure, and very little importance on the words of Paul without understanding that it's all the Bible. It's worth knowing that Jesus didn't just show up in the New Testament. It's worth knowing that, that it wasn't like, okay, Mary gave birth to this kid and now Jesus is on the scene and, and that's you know, That's just when He showed up. It's worth knowing that that's Jesus isn't just in the New Testament, He's also throughout the Old Testament. He's in all of it. He was present and at work throughout the entire Old Testament. Now, I want to say this. Dr. Adrian Rogers uh, shares an incredible article on the subject. And while I'm not going to be able to dive too deeply into all of this right now, I, I again want to encourage you to dive into this on your own. On the subject of Jesus in the Old Testament, he writes this. I love this. As you read through God's Word... See how everything points you to Jesus. In Genesis 3.15, Christ is the seed of the woman and we are told he will crush Satan. In Exodus, we find the story of the Passover lamb, and Christ is the sacrificial lamb given for us. In Leviticus, we read of the high priest making sacrifices for the people, and Christ has become our high priest, making the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. In Deuteronomy, Moses prophesied of a prophet who would come that would be greater than himself. Jesus is that great prophet. In the book of Joshua, Joshua met the captain of the Lord of hosts. That man is Jesus Christ. In Judges, the leaders were judges who delivered God's People, each of them typifying the Lord Jesus. Boaz, the kinsman who redeemed Ruth's inheritance, is a picture of Jesus. David, the anointed one, pictures Jesus, and Jesus is described as being a son of David. In Second Samuel, when the king is being enthroned, the entire th- entire scene is descriptive of the Lord Jesus. The Book of Kings speaks to the glory of God filling the temple, and Chronicles describes the glorious coming King, both referring to Jesus. Jesus, Who is king of kings. Amen. Amen. He is the king of kings. That's that's kings and chronicles. Ezra depicts Jesus as the as the Lord of our fathers. Job says clearly that the redeemer is coming. Esther offers a picture of Christ interceding for his people. Christ appears time after time in the Psalms, including when David describes him as the shepherd. Isaiah details his birth. Jeremiah reveals that he will be acquainted with sorrows. Joel describes him as the hope of his people. Amos tells us that Jesus is the judge of all nations. Obadiah warns of the coming eternal kingdom. Jonah offers a picture of Jesus being dead for three days, then coming back to life to preach repentance. Zephaniah says that he will be the king over Israel. Zechariah is the prophet who speaks of Jesus riding on a colt. Malachi is the one who calls him the son of righteousness. Can you see it? The entire Old Testament points toward Jesus as Savior. And if you miss that, you've missed the entire point of Scripture. Jesus is the Messiah and the fulfillment of prophecy. I love that he's at work not just in the new testament but throughout the bible throughout creation in this in this gospel in in john he makes it clear right from the beginning that jesus was with god and he is god he's not just a god of the new testament he's there for all of it he then begins to expound on the account that just we looked into just a few weeks ago here at calvary we we uh, A few weeks ago, in leading up to the birth of Christ, we looked at his predecessor. How many know who I'm talking about? The man named John the Baptist. Now, I don't want there to be any confusion here because we have the Gospel of John, and John in the Gospel of John is talking about John the Baptist. Okay, There's two Johns. Two different Johns. John the Apostle is about to tell us the account of John the Baptist. He begins to describe John the Baptist's role And then expounds more into who Jesus is. Go to the next slide. It says this, There is a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness. He's here referring to John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. This was the mission of John the Baptist, sent from God to bear witness of Christ. To bear witness of the light. This was his mission. This was only his mission. To make way the path of the Lord. That's his only mission. He then goes into the description of Jesus. Go to the next slide. This is the description of Jesus. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Let me say that again. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. There is no greater depiction of what happened to Jesus than these verses right here. The world was made by him, but they didn't know him. He came to his own. He came to his creation, and his people did not receive him. You know, there there is a distinct, there's a sadness in the writing of John. There's a distinct sadness in the writing of John. He doesn't just state the facts of Jesus' life. He goes into the reality of the rejection of the Savior. He goes into the reality of it. He created them. And they rejected Him. When you think of those who reject Jesus in your life, people you know, those who reject Jesus, it shouldn't just anger you. Because there's times where it angers you, right? should sadden you. We reject our Creator. John had compassion for these people who have been so blinded that they reject their own Maker. But I have to tell you, there's some really good news as well. There's some really good news. Go to the next slide. It says this, but all who did receive Him who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Can I get an amen? It is always good to be reminded of who we are in Christ. Amen? It is always good to be reminded that we are born out of the will of God. That we are His children. That we are His heirs. Amen? If you have received Him, believed in His name, you are called the children of God. Carol, you are one of the children of God. Amen? You're my sister in the Lord because we are both children of God. I'm your brother, Carol. Hey, there's always one in the family. And that's me. Some families more than one, that's right. But I want to say this, because if, if you've received Him, called on His name, believed in Christ, you are called the children of God. And by the way, being called the children of God should give you some boldness and courage. Being called the children of God should give you some boldness. Too many Christians are being run over by culture run amok. Too many Christians are putting their heads down when confronted with evil. Too many Christians are living in fear and discouragement. But I believe, listen to this carefully, I believe God wants you to raise your head this morning. I believe that not out of arrogance or self-esteem, some sort of high sense of myself, but out of the fact that you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. I'm telling you, knowing that this world is not your true home, that I'm just a passing through on the way to my father's house. Come on. On the way to my, that's right, Dolores. Woo! I'm just passing through. And by the way, the journey might be difficult. You may encounter suffering. You may encounter pain. You may be going through it right now. But it's not going to last forever. Because my Bible says that we are children of the Most High. That we are heirs of the promise. Amen? Amen. He is a good, good Father. Amen? Amen. Let's give, not myself, let's give the Lord a shout. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we praise You. Come on, you can give Him a better shout than that. Listen, in case you're unsure of who Christ is, John makes it even more clear. Go to the next slide. It says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, listen to this, I love this, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Man, I love that. He, he, who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Why? Because he was before me. He was my creator. He wasn't just, he didn't just show up on the scene one time. He was my creator. And then John points to what Jesus brings to the table. I love this. This amazing and astounding word that we have been given. This amazing word. The word is simply this. The word is grace. Go to the next slide. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Amen? Not just grace. No, 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 no. Not just grace. Because I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I, I think I need more grace than most. All right, I don't need just grace. I need grace upon grace. This is what this is what Jesus provides. How many how many need a little bit more than grace? Sometimes you need grace upon grace, right? I'm not being weird. Yes, we need grace and that don't get me wrong. You know, some of us need a little bit more, right? Not here, nearly as holy as people think we are, are we, Carol? No? Doug said, Amen. (laughs) Doug said, No, I didn't. You're a liar. (laughs) Grace upon grace. Right there, Doug. Not just grace. Man, I love that. Not just grace, but grace upon grace. And then he says, "Let's go to the next slide." For the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John, in part, here is speaking to the Jews. Uh, he, there's a you know, they had a rigid set of laws. They had this set of legalistic laws that were given to them by Moses, but now Christ has come, and that's what John is saying. Now Christ has come; he's bringing with him truth and grace. In a sense, he's saying this. You're familiar with a form of truth, but you're unfamiliar with grace. Hear me this morning. You're familiar with a form of truth, but you're unfamiliar with grace. Jesus came to fix that. Jesus came to fix that. Do you know, I know so many Christians who are bound up, who are bound up by legalism just bound up they have a form of truth but they're unfamiliar with grace how many know christians like this come on we can be honest we, we let's be transparent this morning you say how, how many can say pastor david i used to be one of those people come on bound up by a set of religious rules or, or, or a set of rules and, and, and laws that if broken, if, whoa, they will bring the hammer of judgment, right? I, I'm not going to go into uh, Steve Man They had a gig this last week. And uh, I showed up and wanted to support them. And I love hearing their music. They didn't sing what I requested, but it's okay. <laughs> they can learn it next time. And I got there, and I was just kind of hanging out. And uh, I'm looking around, and, and I'm sit, standing over there with Gary. And Gary, I looked at Gary. I said, Gary, why are not you out there dancing? Careful, he said, oh, no. <laughs> careful now. I'm not going to have you start dancing, Gary. It's not, <laughs> that's not what we're doing this morning. But you know what? I was looking around. I said, you know, this would be fun. I, I looked around. I said, Peggy was sitting there. I said, Steve, why don't you go dance with Peggy? He goes, oh no, it's okay, which is fine. I go, all right, Peggy, come on out, let's go dance. So we did the. I, I have no idea how to dance, by the way. I don't line dance. My wife was upset because I don't dance with her at weddings, and she heard that I danced with Peggy, and she said, "What? You won't even dance with me?" Yeah, two twirls and. I'll sit down. That'd be good. But I, but somebody uh, somebody from outside the church said to somebody inside the church, "Well, who's that big guy out there?" Something to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, that's how it goes. And they and they said uh, they said, "Oh, that's our pastor." And they said, "That's our, That's your pastor." If my pastor even, I mean, if he can, we'd have to go to confession. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. Christ wants us to operate in truth for sure. Right? But also grace. Because here's the, most of the rules aren't even backed by the Bible. It's just backed by tradition. Just backed by tradition. It's, these rules are... They, they enforce these rules that aren't Biblical but they're full of tradition. Christ wants us to operate in truth. Absolutely, we want to follow what the Bible tells us to. We want to move according to the spirit of truth in our lives. But we want to make sure that as Christians we are operating with grace. I find that these Christians mean well. They usually mean well. But they're usually bound up with anger and empty of joy. It's difficult to speak with them and even more difficult to minister with them. There's a a St. John. I know there's a lot of Johns. This is a different John. His name is St. John Chrysostom. Good name. He says this, No matter how just your words may be, you ruin everything when you speak with anger. No matter how just your words may be, You ruin everything when you speak with anger. Before John the Baptist, or before John the Apostle goes deeper into the account of John the Baptist, he bears witness again to who Christ is. Go to the next slide. It says this. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. He has made him known. Pastor David, what does that mean? One commentator says it this way, Jesus is the perfect declaration of the unseen God. We don't have to wonder about the nature and personality of God. Jesus has declared it with both His teaching and His life. We don't have to wonder about who God is and, and, and what does He think about this. And Je- Jesus declared it with His teaching and His life. Amen? Amen. Next week... We will look, we will continue in the Gospel of John, and we're going to keep discovering not just what Jesus did, because there's some of that, but who Jesus is. I want to know who He is. Amen. Amen. I want to know who He is in my life. Please stand with me. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Oh Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning that as we begin to dive into the Gospel of John, we start to see not just what you did, but who you are. Lord, I pray that this book, that this, that this book of the Bible would just drive us into an even deeper relationship with you. A deeper relationship, not, not based on rules and tradition, but based on relationship, Lord. I don't want to just know facts about You. I want to know You. Lord, I pray that this week that, that You would minister to the people in this church. Lord, keep them safe in whatever weather is coming. Lord, that You would reveal to them even more the grace that You have in their lives. Lord, that You would show them just how much of a good, good Father You are. Lord, I pray over each person here that You would bless them, that You would keep them. Lord, that You would cause Your face to shine down upon them and that You would give them rest. In Jesus' name, Amen.